Isn't it so exciting, eh? The last couple of weeks seeing salvations and being together in the house of God, seeing blessing and favour. My first acknowledgement is to our Father in heaven, the creator of all things in this world. My acknowledgement is to you. Sailor. Ketamihi. Tenakoi. No mai. Hari mai. Kitene hahi. I'm honored. Uh, just acknowledging uh, my teacher in Tereo, uh, Sailor Epihar, he uh, sits on the Taumata out at Matauru Bay at the Marae out there, and I'm so honoured just to see him in the house today, and I, he's been a blessing to me as he's begun on a great long journey teaching me Tereo and others as well. Thank you for the great work that you do, the mahi that you do in our community. Someone once said... Uh, in the last week. Someone once said in this last seven days, <coughs> as I was meeting with the pastors, why is it taking this long for you to start to learn Tereo? Good question. I'm, I'm meandering here, but it's actually where the Holy Spirit wants to go. Every person in a whanau has its own language, but even in a nation, we have different languages. And, every, and it's good to learn one another's language. Even in a family, even if we speak the same language, we're actually wired differently. And it's good to take the time to understand and to speak each other's language, yeah? yeah? Amen. I just want to encourage that. So thank you, Sailor, for your good work you're doing in the community. We really value that. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey. Tanara spoke a great word last week on Jabez, eh? About belonging, although we all felt as though we belonged after he finished speaking at least. Praise God. Jabez's name means pain in the Bible, and he asked God to expand his boundaries, and it was great. And uh, I just really appreciated that word of the people that came and received Jesus. What an anointing in the house there was, eh? Today, it's, uh, we're still speaking on our house and on family. And uh, Lord, we just welcome you just to move as you feel fit today, that you would just bless the words that I speak, bless your word to our hearts, touch every heart in the, in the fellowship today, we pray, but also in our community, we ask in Jesus' name for your glory. So as we're speaking on our house, uh, the subject uh, title today is all about team. I've selected the word team. There's a few, we've been going for about just about three months, haven't we, on our house. It's been a great blessing, all the messages that have come, and come out. But God is into team. And many of us know that team stands for together, everyone achieves more. God wants us together right from the beginning. When he said, let us make man in our image, he moved, the Godhead moved together. He said, let us. He didn't, they didn't do it alone, even though there's one God, but three persons, let us. God's always been a God of unity and together. Just think of when Noah built the, uh, the great big Titanic, uh, the, the ark. It was. It was tremendous in that day. Just like that mothership, the Titanic, and, and, and the building of that. Noah had a great team that must have built that ark. It must have been great teamwork. Um, the 12 disciples, the first 12. You know, we've got the first 15 and the All Blacks, or the, the All Black rugby team. But here's the first 12 in the Church of God, the disciples. What a great team. All various uh, 
gifts and talents that they brought to the table. What about Nehemiah in the Old Testament rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem when he found it was in ruins? What a team. There were all the different families building along the wall, all doing their part of the wall. It was teamwork. Even when the enemy was attacking them at the time, one hand they had to hold the sword, the other hand they had the trowel, uh, you know. And, they, and the Lord blessed them. He blessed teamwork. What about the body of Christ, the church of the living God? We're part of a f- family. We're part of a great team. And... Uh, and, and God is blessing us together. He's given gifts to the church, many different talents. Hallelujah. God is into team. Team is so important. So I want to speak today about that word team, about team. And uh, especially with the uh, team or the church team or the rugby team or the soccer team or the school board team or your business team um, or the or they're just being part of the whole community. This community is a great big team, thousands of people, or even just our nation. What a team. You are on many teams, and your part that you have to play is very important in the team. So I just want to just uh, reaffirm that you are significant today. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why God went to such an extreme to send his son to be your savior, to redeem you. When the enemy came to rob you, he sent his son because he saw something that maybe you have not yet seen. But you might be able to see in your brother and sister, uh, hopefully you're not looking at yourself, but you're looking at them and you see the unlimited potential or in your children or in your parents even. There's my children here today. You're all part of a team and what potential can you see? Credible potential in each one of us. And God wants to reaffirm that today. So together is the first word. We're going to be speaking about those four words. Together, everyone achieves more. Together. Together. Acts, in Acts uh, 27 and verse 30 uh, to 32, Paul the Apostle was taken captive. The centurions got him on a boat going to Rome, and they get into this terrible storm, and there's a great, sh- well, they end up shipwrecked. But we just cut into the middle of the story here, just for sake of time, and it says, and as the sailors were seeking to escape, see what happened, the sailors were sneaking over, making out they were going to take the anchor and just put the anchors out because they're in a storm. They'd have been in that storm for two weeks. But what they're really doing is they were going to sneak off and try and get to land themselves because they were near land in the little boat and leave everyone else, the centurion and the prisoners, just to go down with the ship. That was lovely. You don't want to ever be taken off and letting everyone else go down with the ship, do you? You're part of a, a great team. You don't want to be just turning your back on your mum and dad and heading out to seek your for- fortune and just leaving the rest. You know, sometimes we do that. I did it when I was young, foolish boy. Paul, stop that. That was ridiculous. No. But anyway, any rate, and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, they should have been able to handle it the best. These were hardened seamen. But they're just ditching everyone else. When they had let down the skiff into the sea, or the lifeboat, I presume, under pretense of putting it out the anchors from the front of the ship, from the prow, prow, I suppose at the front, prow, proud of that, amen. Paul said to the centurion soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Unless you stay in the ship, you can't be saved. Hey, that's a good word. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes and they let the lifeboat fall away. See, what? wow, Paul was significant. Here he is, prisoner, and everyone's listening to the prisoner. You know what? He had the Holy Spirit. He was shouting Jesus from the mountaintop. 
He, he, he had the presence of God with him, didn't he? Yeah? And he's saying, unless you stay in the ship, stay with that team. You need to hang in there, whether it's your whanau at home, whether it's in your community board, whether it's uh, at your work. I, I know that someone might be talking about you behind your back, or you might be getting accused of this or that, or you might be going through hard times. Stay with it. Stay with it. Push through the hard times. You know, bees are a great uh, illustration of that. Beehives. See, I've uh, been in the bee business for 36 years. A hive is amazing in the middle of summer with 50,000 bees. You know, some years they come under incredible attack. More recently we saw that. For about 10 years we never saw much attack from the wasps, the Waikato wasps. But... um, just a couple of years before I sold my hives, they came under strong attack. So we had to put wasp bait out in different areas. They will wipe out hives. Even though there's 50,000 bees in a hive, these wasps are persistent and they're strong and they get in there and they'll build up. They're the enemy of the hive. They'll build up when they've got a, a good food source. They, the, the hive will have one queen, the wasps. Every other wasp is a queen. They have many queens. So they can breed. As long as the food source is there, they breed up very quickly and then they attack and try and get what they can for free from the hive. All the hard-earned work. of That's like the enemy coming into us, isn't it? Trying to actually divide and conquer. Trying to get the smell on them of the hive once they get in past the guards at the entrance. Eventually, and they go in and out, eventually they get the smell of the hive and then they don't come under attack so much. Some people come in just to take from others. Hey, if you're in your whanau, if you're part of the team, don't be just there for what you can get. You want to be like one of those worker bees. You want to be just working together for the good of the whole. You, you don't want to be there just dragging the team down. You want to be doing your part. I know that your gifts and your talents might be different to someone else, but your gifts and talents are needed. They are important. God has created you and designed you just the way you are because he loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. <laughs> Amen. Those heaters make it dry in here, don't they? So the team have actually got me a bottle of water, so that's good. Great to have a team. Hallelujah. Even in the beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. We need to be together, husbands and wives. We complement one another. We listen to one another most of the time. Just had to add that in there. Got to keep this real, you know. Amen. (laughs) I was actually just sharing with um, some business people this week in my home, and that's one of the main things I shared with them. There were three men, and I said, one of the things I shared was, listen to your wife. Make sure you listen to your wife. When God made a helpmeet for a husband, a suitable helper for Adam, he made a very good one. A woman has many ta- talents. They can multitask. I struggle to multitask. I'm more of a visionary. But a woman is so blessed, and they, they, they're incredible what they can do sometimes. Some men are the same as well. But I'm just uh, sharing that God has blessed us as men with our wives, and we're to listen to them. They have gone through the birth pains of bearing our children, and, uh, and, and they, they have senses and that towards the children and feelings that we don't necessarily have, and we need to listen to them. Ruth has said it sometimes to me, you know, what you said offended this child, you know? And I go, oh, did it? I didn't realize my antennae wasn't up. 
And so I trail off to the bedroom and say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry for what I said, you know. But I wasn't aware of that. But my wife helps me. You see, some, we need one another in a practical way, yeah? I, pray, I praise God that God didn't just, because I got brought up in a family of eight, and that was a great blessing to me. But I praise God that he didn't just give us eight children like that the day we got married. See, our children are a gift from God. But he let us sort of settle in for the first year before, the, before James came along, you know, and before all the focus was taken off me and onto James. Not that the focus was on me, it was really on Ruth, wasn't it? Or was it? Maybe I've just learned that since. That's where the focus should be, eh? 30 years married, slowly the penny drops, the fog lifts, eh? <laughs> Amen. Uh, but imagine if he gave us eight kids just off the bat like that, and you get landed with eight kids. No, he gives them one at a time. That's good, unless you've got triplets. We didn't have triplets, praise God, but we had four beautiful kids. What a blessing they are to us. What a team we have. And we're, we're linked together with such a strong bond of love for one another. Even though we're very strong-willed people and have many things we might not see eye to eye about, we love one another. We care for one another. It's good to belong to something, to a team that is something bigger than yourself. And that's, that's what you do. You belong to te many teams probably that you don't know about. But if you, you're all, we're all part of a family and you belong to something bigger than yourself. Maybe that family's broken. Maybe there's chaos and maybe there's all sorts of things happening in that family. It doesn't mean we need to give up. We can make a difference. We can push through. God can bless us and, and we can be change makers. And he's with us through whatever we go through and whatever we suffer. Praise God. We don't need to despair. Even if you're on a team, uh, say, uh, a sports team and you've been losing, you're on a losing streak for uh, week after week after week. Do you know, sometimes when life goes bad, that's when you actually grow the most. I've always found out that in the valley and when things are going bad, that's when I've had to push through and I've had to grow. It's not when my business is, is doing well, say in the business arena, or when the family's going well. Anyone can be a good dad or a, a good business uh, person in, in a, when there's no problems to deal with. But it's how we fear, how we go when the chips are down. And Jesus did say, in this world you shall have tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, the Bible says. There the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. Team is important. That's why I've been meeting the last 15 years or more with the local pastors. We've got a great uh, team. We meet, we talk, we pray together, then we go up to a cafe and spend another hour chatting together over coffee and cake, which is shows sometimes. Praise God. Together, stay together with your team. Don't bail out on your team. You are important. You are significant. Team, um, together, sorry. Number two, everyone. Everyone. God's interested in everyone. Don't leave anybody behind. You know, you'll find in a family, maybe there's one that in the family that you might think is a bit of a troublemaker or causes you more pain. Sometimes that's where the greatest gems are hidden in that person. That was the same in my family where there was eight kids. The one who's the most wealthy was the one that now is the one that has caused the most trouble when he was a kid. Not that he was causing trouble. I don't think that was his intention at all. I think the rest of us just didn't understand that person. 
If only I'd understood my brother more when I was younger because I was older than him and I'd be able to support him more, well, maybe there wouldn't have been so much trouble. Maybe I was some of the cause of that trouble. You see, we need to understand one another, support one another, build one another up, yes? Everyone. So in Matthew 25 and 38 to 40, it says, uh, Jesus said, when, oh no, it was asked of Jesus, when did we see you, I'm cutting into a story here, but you might know it, when did we see you a stranger and take you in, Lord? Or naked and we clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say, Assuredly, or truly, truly, I say to you, in as much as you did it for these, the least of my brethren, you did it for me. God is interested in the person that's sick, the person that's in prison, the person that is naked. He came to us when we're in our sin, naked before a righteous and a holy God. He sent his son to be our savior so he could clothe us with the righteousness of his son. And he wants us to do that. For those in our community, in your family, in your workplace, in your team that seem to be lacking. It's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to pick them up, to clothe them, to bless them, to speak blessing over them, as Ian was doing this morning. It's our responsibility. We're responsible for one another. Bring back community. Bring back team. Let's not be individuals. The enemy wants to divide and scatter us, but we're part of a family, the people of God. We're part of a community. We're part of a team in many, well, many teams. Praise God. Praise God. So love will clothe us. It will cover the multitude of sins. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and faith in Christ. That's his heart. He doesn't say, I'm finished with you. Now look what you've done. I gave you a chance. You've turned your back on me. You know, God is long-suffering, the Bible says, not willing that any should perish. He is for us. Every person in the team is so important and significant. God wants everyone to be valued. He has a plan for everyone's life. Just think about, um, say, if you've got a tug-of-war, everyone on that team's important. But with a tug-of-war, you really want fairly heavy and strong people with a tug-of-war, don't you? Or a rugby team. You want the Fords to be pretty solid, eh, to break through the ranks. You see, your, your gifting might be different to the next person, but you've got many different people on a rugby team, the winger and the forward, the two different size men. Different again, I was watching the, uh, the, uh, the football last night, Australia and France. What a game, you know? But those people that are playing football are, are more slightly built. If you put, if you put that ladies' team playing football against the, uh, the All Blacks, I wonder who would win. If they weren't allowed contact, that is. <laughs> you know, your gifting might be different to the next person, but you are gifted. You have something to contribute to the whole. You are so significant and so important. Never let's, let's never write off each other. No matter who we are, let's bring in our loving arms, gather people in, gather people in from the community and add value to one another, eh? Amen. Amen. If only we could see people as God does. That's a good prayer to ask. Lord, let me see this person through your eyes. 
Let me see them as you see. What is your plan for them? How can I encourage them? How can I build them up? How can I sow a seed of blessing in their life that will grow for years to come, eh? Everyone is significant. I, I like doing jigsaw puzzles. And recently I did one with uh, Caleb. He was here before, my grandson, three-year-old. And it was a 100-piece jigsaw. We did it one day and that was fine. Then we came back and did it another day. And there were three pieces missing. But we had 97. But, you know, it just wasn't quite complete without the last three. Even if you got the last bit that's not there. You know, just one. Actually, it was a 100-piece jigsaw. I just thought of this as I was as I was actually uh, just saying that just then. Jesus said he had a hundred-piece jigsaw once, and he said, you leave the 99 and you go after the one sheep that's lost. There you go. Eh? Thank you, Lord. That's a Holy Spirit moment right there, eh? I never linked that till just then. <laughs> never thought about that before in that light as a jigsaw puzzle. But that one person is so important, and that one person could be you, and you make up the whole. And you're the missing person. You're the missing piece in your whanau. You're the missing piece in your team. And maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been discouraged. But we want to encourage you. You are so important. And you're so valuable. God wants everyone. He hasn't walked past you and left you. He's interested in you especially. Amen. Number three, achieves. Achieving. That's a great word. <coughs> and uh, we want everybody to achieve here at Excite. 2 Corinthians uh, verse eight and verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is undeserved favor. You know the undeserved favor of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that we through his poverty might be rich. What a sacrifice he gave for us to be clothed with his righteousness, for us to receive the inheritance that was rightfully his, for, uh, for him to bless us. What a, a gift he gave. And, and, and it behoves us. It, it, it calls on us to make that same sacrifice for others in our team. Those who are struggling, we must make that same sacrifice to pick up one another and to build up one another because Jesus has done it for us. And then that is why we achieve. That is the Lord, since I received the Lord, it has transformed my life. It's transformed the way I do business over the years. It's transformed what the outcome in my family and how my family is now uh, because I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. How's the, uh, oh, we've got a countdown. First time I've seen it. We've got 345 minutes to go. Good. Right. Forgive me for that, Lord. Um, so that's the biggest achievement that you could ever see. As being a part of a member of a team is that to see others achieve. To make a sacrifice in order that others might achieve and do well in a family. Sometimes we get the, when we're young we get the, uh, the, the eyes on ourselves or even when we're older. And it becomes all about us rather than all about the rest of the team. But God wants it to be all about each other, eh, in the team. Praise God. We used to celebrate one another. I want my brothers and sisters and my family to be successful and do well in life. I want my children to be successful. I, I, want, to, I want them to do well in life. I want my grandchildren to be successful and do well in life. If I can make a difference in, in the things I say, the things I speak over my children, over my grandchildren, the things I sow into their lives, if I can make a difference, and I can, 
Well, then I want to do that for the glory of the Lord, eh? And for the blessing of my whanau. We've just been singing to your children, amen, May, the blessing song, you know? But it's up to you. We're weak. That blessing flows through us. Praise God. We can stand back and say, just bless them, Lord. But no, no, you be that blessing. Yeah, God will bless, but he's saying, what do you got? You do it, and I'll bless it. Amen. Yeah. So how, the question is, how are you actively involved in that, spiritually in your family or in your team? How are you blessing them spiritually? How are you blessing them socially? How are you blessing them financially? The Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Are you a good man? That inheritance isn't just riches. It could be spiritual. It could be social. It could be in the things we teach them. Sowing into the next generation. It could be many things. But life, as you grow up, you'll find it's all about others in the team and less about me. Praise God. You know, I love a good leg of mutton at night, you know. Ruth gets me to cut up the mutton. You can get some good legs of mutton at New World, you know. And you cook it for five or six hours. Ruth learned how to cook it really good. Well, she already knew. But she does a good mutton. And then I'm cutting it up. And you know, on the leg, there's that nice meat. You know, years ago, I used to, as I was cutting it up, just chomp away and eat all that for myself. Selfish, eh? Just while I was cutting the meat up quietly, mm, there's the best meat, I'll have that. <laughs> all about me. But then, more recently, I've actually learned that, hey, Tony, here, try some of this. Or if Linda and John are there, you know. Where's Linda and John? But try some of this, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Share it. Celebrate other people winning as well. Amen? Amen. It's never all just all about us. Praise God. And uh, when one of the team's down, even for our, our, us as husbands, or if a wife is crook, it's important that we help out where we can. Or help in the home, you know. Folding up the towels, doing the dishes, peeling the spuds. I'm trying to give myself some ticks here, yeah. <laughs> what else? Have I run out already? I thought that uh, I will move on to the next point. <coughs> right, where were we? I got tangled up in that one, didn't I? No. Um, <clears throat> oh, the lawns. There we go. I found one more. <laughs> Praise God. So, yeah, you've got gifts and talents that can help others achieve, eh? And it's important as being part of the team in anything, even when you're going out on your own, say in business or something like that, or you've got a new venture, or thinking about somebody to marry, yeah, it's good to actually seek wise counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel there's wisdom or safety. You say, look, this is what's on my heart. I really like so-and-so. And someone might say, well, yeah, but have you thought um, they're uh, still in drive, involved in manufacturing pea, you know? Maybe it's not the best thing. I don't know. Just pray about that. You know, getting wise counsel is really good, you know, especially in business and even with family. You can ask others. And don't go to people that are, are, are running a business into receivership or something and ask them how, how to run your business. Go to someone who's running the business well, you know. Not someone who's had no trouble with that or you know, even with a family. Not someone who hasn't had any trials. Yeah, all families get trials, but someone that's pushing through those trials. Yeah? And seek wise counsel. Praise God. Just want to encourage you. Together, everyone achieves. Right, we'll jump down to the last point. More. How many minutes have we got? Two minutes to go. Right. What happened to those 300 minutes? 
Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. God wants you to have more. He wants you to have so much that he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. In your spiritual bank account, there is every blessing being deposited there. I don't know if you're used to drawing on that account by faith and walking by faith. If you haven't, it doesn't mean to say you're not rich. He has made your account very rich. It's in heavenly places. No enemy can touch that and go and rob it there. You can be sure the angels wouldn't allow that. But you are rich, and your Father wants you to have more. He wants you to be blessed. We've been praying about blessing. We've been singing about blessing. And your Father wants you to have more. He's got more for you. Sometimes when you're young, it takes a long time, and you think you're not achieving a whole lot. But believe me, each step that you take is laying a foundation for the rest of your life. It's not only laying a foundation. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, but it's you're laying a foundation for your children one day, for your marriage one day, if you're not yet married. You're laying a foundation for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. The step that you take today in faith is so important. You are so important and so significant. God wants you to be blessed even more. But come His way. Seek Him with all your heart. The Bible says even when the chips are down, even when we're going through hard times, it says this, and I've often remembered this short phrase. It says, he gives more grace. Over the last 36 years or so, I've been a believer in Jesus. I've been enjoying that. When things are down, I look to him for more grace, more favor. I've needed it through life. I've needed it. And uh, so I rely on him for that. And Psalm as the psalmist said in Psalm 3, verse 1 to 3, it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say to, of me, there is no help for him in God. Selah, that means think about this. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Your head might be down, looking at your feet. Walking in your own shadow, it may be away from God. The sun of righteousness might be shining his love on your back, but you're walking in your own shadow. But the Lord wants to lift up your head so you look beyond the hills to where your help comes from. It comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Walk by faith in him. You are significant today. God wants you to enter into far more than you've ever could imagine or could experience. Your life is so significant. You're going to you're a change maker. God is going to bless you people to bless our nation and for many years to come. Believe that for the glory of his name. I'm just going to share this short story with you before. It's not a story, but it's just uh, about these geese. And we've probably heard this before, just before I hand over to Tanara to wrap up. And um, they're very impressive geese. When they fly uh, to warmer climate, they all know there's months of preparation. They, they get a new coat, uh, uh, new feathers. They get um, the right food to eat to sustain thousands of kilometers or miles that they go. And, um, and uh, they go to a, to a warmer climate. 
And um, it's fascinating to read what has been discovered about their fl flight patterns as well as their in-flight habits. And um, you can look up online and just find out a bit about the geese and what they do. But it's interesting because you've seen them flying in a, in a V-shape. And the front one, they swap places. The front one is pushing through for the rest of the team. And why they're in a V is because the wind is coming off the wings of the others and it creates more current and, and a streamline for them to fly in that they can go faster. They do about 30 miles an hour or more. Um, 50 kilometers an hour as they're flying. And uh, the front ones, usually usually they've grown up the young ones through the season that are old enough to fly. It might be the first time they go, but the parents are often near the front and they, the stronger ones, they swap out regularly to take over positions. And the last geese on the, on the end of the V is honking just to let everyone know that he's still there, you know. So the last ones are still important, you know. The ones making the most noise, the most noisiest in church, sometimes that's the pastor's. But um, <laughs> we're still here. Yeah, so it's amazing. And um, they reckon that together as a team, they, they, ha they go 71% more economical with their flying and everything, just the way they form, form, form uh, in the formation and the way they fly together and help one another. Also, you notice that if one, if one geese will come away and break away, sometimes you see some birds break away and there'll be two or three but from the main one, there's two or three other geese go with it and they fly beside it so that it still gets help and they support it. And that's a good lesson for us in church. You know, if someone breaks away for a while, let's just gather over with them. Jesus said, go into all the world. We're to go build a bridge to them into their lives and try and bring them back, gather them back into the fold. And that's something that all of us can do. So at any rate, the geese are working it out. God's got that in nature. But let's learn the lesson. They've learned the lesson. Let's learn the lesson for us. Team, together, everyone achieves more. You are significant.